0: There are countries outside our borders that have lost so many lives and for us it's like we need to be grateful for what we have and figure out how we can continue to maintain and and protect the country
1: welcome to contain this brought to you by the indo-pacific center for health security i'm stephanie williams australia's ambassador for regional health security today i'm continuing a special series of podcasts with indo-pacific health leaders in this series, I bring you frank conversations with leaders in the Pacific and Southeast Asia about how they are facing current challenges, making decisions amidst uncertainty, planning ahead while dealing with a current health crisis and how they as individuals adapt and adjust their leadership style during this large event, COVID-19. Today, I talk with Dr. Josephine Amea Herman, Secretary of Health for the Cook Islands. Dr. Josephine is a physician who's a fellow of the Australasian Faculty of Public Health Medicine, the New Zealand College of Public Health Medicine and the Royal New Zealand College of General Practitioners. She also holds many regional leadership roles in health, such as the President of the Pacific Public Health Association. She was appointed as the Secretary for Health for the Cook Islands in April 2018. Welcome to Contain This. Dr Josephine, you're the Secretary for Health in the Cook Islands. Not all of our listeners would understand um, the Cook Islands. Could you tell us a little bit about your home?
0: Kia ora Stephanie. Um, I think the Cook Islands um, is a a small paradise um, hidden away in the South Pacific Ocean. Um, Fifteen little islands, uh, population 17,000. And the Rorotonga is the main island uh, where 70% of the population uh, live. Um, Huge uh, reliance on tourism for the economy. Um, And apart from that, uh, just friendly faces, New Zealand citizens, um, we are part of the realm of New Zealand. We have some 60,000 Cook Islanders living in New Zealand and about 20 to 30,000 living in Australia.
1: So as Secretary for Health, you are responsible for the COVID-19 response in the Cook Islands and the health system more broadly. The early days, if we think back to early 2020, were characterised by quite a lot of uncertainty about what this pathogen was, what it was doing. How did you deal with that uncertainty in your position of advising government on what the best responses was going to be?
0: Uh, the time when we started uh, beginning to receive um, information about um, the outbreak in, in China, um, I think at that time, uh, you know, for us, um, we understood that we were quite distanced from it, but we were very clear about the fact that uh, Ebola and other threats that have come our way in recent times um, have always had that potential for pandemic Um and for us, um, the big one for us was making sure we focused on assessing the information that was coming in to us and we were looking for information. we wanted to make sure it was accurate um, and from a reputable source um, And uh, then we had we looked on social media, we looked at um, BBC, CNN, you know uh, more global um, um, uh, news uh, areas was also important and there were, Um, systems in place for WHO to communicate directly with our minister and myself. And uh, of course, we had our connections to the New Zealand government. Um, And apart from that, we were also paying attention to other countries that were nearby. China, uh, we're talking about the Philippines, most of Asia, really. We were watching what's happening in those countries um, and using really uh, technology to help us
1: can you tell us a bit about the team around you when you say, we looked at all of these places, how did you resource that?
0: In our country, it's a small, small population, a small team, um, and much of them um, not necessarily familiar with uh, pandemics, no, none of us are. Um, and also the public health risks and the processes involved in the risk assessment. But what i found over time is that you sometimes um, have a workforce that don't necessarily have the uh, required qualifications uh, for public health expertise. However, they have the know-how, they know the people, they know the context in the community. And in public health, if you know your community and you have good leadership, you'll know what to do. And I think for us, um, watching from afar, Um, it was really important for us to understand the severity and also understanding the epidemiology of the illness. Um, We were always thinking, is this going to be a pandemic? We were listening to every other commentator that was um, on the news. We were looking at the timelines and the speed of transmission and when we, uh, the first time we heard about a case outside China, that was that was alarm bells for us. It's like, okay, this is not Very good. The other thing, of course, was assessing the risk to the Cook Islands. That's always been our priority. Um, We are highly connected to global travel um, and uh, we have 20 plus flights a week at that time. We now have only one flight a week from Auckland and uh, we're open to LA, Sydney, uh, French Polynesia, as well as New Zealand, of course. And it was like, okay, we have open borders. What's the risk for us? Um, given that, uh, you know, it was quite clear that this was going by plane or aircraft. And then uh, the other thing we did, you know, with in terms of looking at all the uncertainties, we were assessing our infrastructure, our systems, did, you know, IHR, um, uh, the manpower, the human resources to respond, and um, just really looking at our level of emergency services to stand up. Um, we are a fragile health system, and um, I've been in the role just um, over two, almost two years, when this happened, and um, was like, "Gosh, let's let's have a look. How are we positioned right now before we can actually advise government?" And then um, uh, part of the role I've had, which is really important in terms of the preparedness plans for for this during this moment of uh, time of uncertainty as part of my work coming in as secretary of health was to restructure the organization at executive level to make it more flat and uh, encourage more uh, robust clinical and um, efficient decision making in particular in small countries it's not easy for you to have uh, many management um, roles you really need to have uh, be a jack of all trades and have clinical um, competencies because um, you don't have uh, enough or much room to employ so many people to do one role you pretty much have to do many roles and even your executive must also be multitask and multi uh, skilled to work o- across the system the other thing about this I think during that time of uncertainty was the speed um, within you know when we stood up our um, our health response, um, that was on the 22nd of Jan. And uh, by, I think, five days later, the National Health Emergency Task Force was called and we were we were briefing cabinet from then on. And these were daily briefings. They were tiring. And, you know, COVID hadn't even reached outside of the world, but we knew we needed to move as fast as we could. And I think um, early in the piece, um, what was very clear for us um, we have a, about a 90 bed hospital, and um, uh, we don't, you know, it, it was clear that it would be difficult for us to stand up ICU capability. Um, and we were very clear that if we were going to protect our people, we needed to make sure our public health processes were robust and uh, primary care as well. So, um, this was really all of that thinking that was happening in a matter of days and weeks that we had to run through very quickly.
1: You talked earlier about if you know your community, you can lead well in a public health response. Can you tell us a bit about how you've worked with the grassroots community councils in the Cook Islands as part of your public health response?
0: It, it, it goes back to the restructuring of the organisation prior to COVID-19 landing on our doorstep. And in that restructure, we made sure that we had a community health advisory committee that was advising directly to the secretary of health role. And in that community uh, health advisory committee, we had um, we had representatives of government, um, um, community groups, um, especially around Rarotonga, where the majority of the people live. We had the traditional leaders, Arikis represented as well as the uh, religious advisory council Um, in the cook islands we have three pillars of society government uh, religious advisory council and our traditional chiefs so they are represented there and this committee was already um, uh, established prior to me starting but um, had not had um, regular meetings Um, one of the things we did as soon as I started was that we would meet four times a year. So by the time COVID arrived, the briefing to them was quite established, the relationships were established and the connections to the people. The second thing that happened here was that we already have a Disaster Risk Management Act. And through that process, um, they've established what we call PUNA or many districts on Rarotonga as well as the Paenoa or the outer islands. So that infrastructure was already in place and all we had to do was stand it up. Now these Punas, they are like mini mini islands. They know their community, which numbers some 1,000 to 2,000 people. They know everyone in there. And um, so it was just having that um, system already there and standing it up and saying, okay, we have an issue this is how we have to do it, and making sure we had um, sort of um, reached all facets of society. And if you um, have a look at our national health response uh, strategy, uh, emergency response strategy, um, in it you had the NGOs, you had the development partners, um, you also had the religious advisory council, the traditional chiefs, and uh, we included youth as well to make sure that the voices of the youth um, were heard. So that's really how we ensured we could canvass the whole, whole of society, whole country, as part of our national response.
1: Josephine, it's September now. If, if, if you're thinking about uh, the current situation, what do you see as the biggest challenge in the, in the immediate future? We've been going for nine months, but as at today, what are some of the challenges you're facing?
0: I think um, the challenges we've faced, as well as what will continue to be, uh, I think the big one for us is our smallness. If we could have a word like that, um, we, we have to cover so many facets of public health and clinical medicine. We cannot ignore the fact that we still have an NCD epidemic that we have to deal with. So we still need to make sure the hospital can respond to people presenting with strokes, heart attacks, cellulitis. And other um, uh, uh, problems with appendicitis and so forth, or or, or one of our elderly, um, older persons or older folks falling and breaking their hip, we still had to run that. And um, so coming back, our smallness, it's really stretched us um, in terms of the workforce. And I think the big risk for us has been the risk of fatigue. And um, what we've been uh, doing as part of the restructure was to call in the help of our diaspora. And that's been an important part for us, where we have many Cook Island specialists and friends of the Cook Islands health system overseas who have helped us from a distance. The other thing, of course, um, the NCD epidemic. Uh, that's that's one of the challenges. We're trying to manage COVID and, and protect the country against COVID, and we still have to manage NCDs that are turning up on our doorstep, so huge. And the other one, of course, is mental health. Um, the fear of the unknown and uh, what we've had to do with that has been to ramp up our uh, mental health services. We have a clinical psychologist. We've employed more counsellors um, and assistants because... For, for us, it was very clear that people needed to understand that it was okay if they felt scared, worried, concerned, and uh, to give them um, tools or skills to help them get through it. Um, then, of course, um, dealing with the social and economic impact, um, as much as we focus on health, if we're not assisting in that space, House just gets under more pressure. And, um, you know, I know our government was quite um, generous in terms of assisting our people with free power, for example, and uh, ensuring those that had been stranded in, in New Zealand, for example, could return home. Those stranded in the Cook Islands are still stranded, which is an ongoing concern for us, but that's because of border restrictions with New Zealand's border. And um, then those that have been unemployed, because of the hospitality industry, um, uh, tourism, um, that's been also an issue for us. Um, what's been very clear throughout this process, though, has been the point of being kind and compassionate, and finding ways to look after each other. There were times right at the beginning when um, some families and and Puna the districts were giving land to those uh, to migrant workers so that they could plant and feed their families. So. You know, there's been quite a bit of generosity um, across society, across the country um, to help others in need.
1: In your position, you have had to turn up every day as a health leader in in a small place. We see that happening for our public health leaders across the Pacific and globally. A very small number of people coming every day to lead health responses. How do you yourself keep going? What, what are your strategies for um, endurance in this pandemic?
0: I think this is everybody's uh, challenge, um, even our 300-strong workforce, turning up every day to give our best. And I think um, what's been clear is, is that thing of hope. Um, we will get through this um, and uh, we'll find a way. We'll figure out how to get through this and uh, using every every facet of our minds to figure out how we can make things better for everybody. Um, you know, we've gone um, uh, COVID free since the 16th of April. And so I was very clear with this, that when we did that, we must focus our efforts on the border. So there's been so much work done at that, in that space, as well as looking at the disease transmission patterns in New Zealand, which is the only border we're opening up to. But um I think the other thing uh, in terms of longer term really has been around service and our commitment to our people. Um, you know, you see your people and you think, I've been trained in this, we've been trained in this and we've been given this role as heavy as it is to do the job, so we must keep going because it's worth it. And, uh, the, you know, that uh, feeling of perseverance and, um, and we've had some very good feedback from the people, our people. And so it keeps you going and keeps you motivated. And um, end of the day, sometimes things could be worse. There are countries outside our borders that have lost so many lives. And for us, it's like we need to be grateful for what we have and figure out how we can continue to maintain and and protect the country. Rest has been important. Lots of sleep. Um, And many of us don't... um, We work very hard, and we're the worst people when it comes to trying to get um, sleep. And uh, we've tried to encourage our workforce to try and do that, but it's been very difficult with uh, manpower. But I think, um, in terms of the prioritising of our health work health priorities, it's always been about the border. And in May this year, when we released our easing border restrictions um, uh, plan around and and had a border matrix to help guide us. This has actually um, informed our whole process around how we can uh, put in place exemptions for travelers returning home. Uh, What we've found is that uh, we've got patients that go to New Zealand for care. They need to come home. Their support networks are in the Cook Islands and bringing them home, we've found ways to do this. So first time we did this was May, June, where we repatriated some 260 people who had been caught out by the sudden border closures. And then we had eight quarantine flights beginning June, where they were able to leave Auckland and come straight back into the Cook Islands. We had some um, prerequisite um, requirements for them prior to flying. And then recently, and tomorrow we'll, we'll receive our third cohort of passengers coming in, Who will undertake supervised quarantine in the Cook Islands on Rarotonga. Um, And so we've figured out how to minimize the risk, mitigate the risk as much as possible to zero, if not minimal to zero, and allow travel to continue. But um, currently there's an outbreak, uh, there's a large um, cluster in Auckland, and that's pushed us into a space where we put in place supervised quarantine. So um, to, you know, just to summarize, it's really about what we're doing at the border that allows us to let our people come home.
1: Dr. Josephine, thank you for your time this morning and for reminding us that putting people in the center with a big dose of kindness and a sense of optimism about that we can get through this together will be important in the COVID pandemic. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. And if I may say, um, you know, I just want to acknowledge the uh, the government of the day. Um, what I found um, uh, looking at other systems, health systems around the world, is that those um, countries that have had very strong leadership in governance and taken on board the recommendations of public health specialists and, and health systems have done quite well. And uh, I must say our government has been very good in this space. Um, and I think the second thing is that has been really critical has been um, the ability for us to stay engaged with our community. I, I have weekly meetings with uh, our Puna and, and, and their representatives and the Pyonoa, the Outer Islands, just so that they are fam- you know, they're aware of what's going on and what processes are in place. We're not perfect at all, but we're getting the job done. And uh, we try to remain open to constructive criticism and try our best to improve as we go along. And what's been clear for us right, uh, right from day one was always to take our people with us, take the whole country along with us, because I think um, to think that the health system can do this alone is, is a big uh, failure uh, for any system. And uh, we've had our people along with us and for the health um, workforce, we've always been clear. Um, we're here to serve serve our people and we'll do our best to protect our country from COVID-19
1: Thanks Josephine great insights great, um, just a really good story thanks to you and your, all your team in the Cook Islands